This episode, Regromeflow. <laughs> Say it right. I can't. Welcome. I'm Bruce Weinstein. I'm the chef in Bruce and Mark. Hey there, and I'm Mark Scarborough. I'm the writer. I may be the chef, but today I'm getting out of the kitchen. Because I've got a secret. As a writer, I haven't cooked a thing in years. That's about to change. Mark's headed into the kitchen. Remember, he's a writer, and he gets easily distracted, usually by bourbon. Hey, watch it. I'm doing the cooking. And I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to guide him, and I'm going to give him tips, and I'm going to judge him. And so after 25 books, he can finally say, Hey, I f***ing made that. We have been watching a lot of Danish TV lately. <laughs> we have. So much that Bruce told me the other day he only is going to watch TV in Danish form from now on. <laughs> Everything from Borgen about the politics to the killing about their murders. Oh, I've not seen Borgen, the, 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 the prime minister, the, about the TV drama about the first female prime minister of Denmark. It's unbelievable. So is the actress. I dreamed about those characters after that. We watched it. And I, you know, for I think I looked it up online, right? There's there's one murder every century in Denmark. <laughs> Which is why in these murder mysteries They're a murderous lot on TV. <laughs> well it's also why they can they can put twenty detectives on one murder case and spend six months because there's so few murders. But I think my favorite part about Danish TV is whenever there are Swedish characters and they come back and forth across that bridge that connects Copenhagen and Sweden. They speak to each other in their own language. You have this conversation with Danish on one side, Swedish on the other, and they all understand each other. And if you haven't heard a lot of Danish lately, you know that it is a pronunciation. You heard it in the opening of this podcast. (laughs) No. (laughs) So anyway, a friend recently served us this Danish dessert. Okay, now, now... Bruce has notorious pronunciation problems. No, I just have marbles in my mouth. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing too hard. You have to say an O, but you form your mouth, no, form your mouth into an O, oh. but say a long A. Uh. Uh. But that's not the problem. It's the D at the end of the word that sounds like an L that you don't pronounce. Excellent. Well, our friend Sylvia, who made this for us, Punted to the German. She just calls it Rotgrot, and I'm happy with that. Rotgrot, which isn't even really good German. That's just some terrible mispronunciation <laughs> of German. Rotgrot. Anyway, so, um, anyway, no. What is Rotgrot? Well, Rotgrot means red <laughs> porridge. Basically, it's a fruit pudding. Um, thickened usually with cornstarch. We are using in this version tapioca because we like it so much better. And it's traditionally made with red currants and it's a sweet, tart, sour tapioca pudding that's bright red and delicious. You'll see how this goes. It's really amazing. We make this, you know, clear pudding with fruit juice and berries, as you'll see. And then it's great for a summer dessert because it's a make-ahead. You can put it in the fridge. It'll Last keep for days. several days. Mm-hmm. And then well, you... it won't because you'll eat it all in the first <laughs> sitting. And you serve it by scooping up some into a bowl and then pouring cream over the what top. What could be wrong with oh that? Oh, my God. So it's so good. We better get cooking because we got more Danish murders to watch. Actually, this is a pretty simple dessert to be so ridiculously elegant. So I've got a cup of black currant juice in a saucepan, and I've mixed in six cups of fresh blackberries. And I'm bringing it all to a simmer in this large saucepan over medium heat. Once it comes to a simmer, I'm going to stir it well, cover it, reduce the heat to low, and simmer it for 10 minutes. And you don't have to write any of that down because this recipe, as in 
every recipe we give you on Cooking with Bruce and Mark is at our website, bruceandmark.com. So we should say right here that you could alter this to your taste, right? You could use a set of juices. You, you don't have to use black currant juice the way I do. In fact, traditionally, this is a red currant dessert. Okay. It's almost always made with red currants. And often raspberries. Short supply in the United yeah. States. Well, often. you grow them for me, so I, I can do. Make this but the there summer. are short supply in stores. You could use, uh, you could find raspberry juice yep. and use, let's say, fresh strawberries, fresh hulled sliced strawberries yep. and raspberries. And to be to be completely honest, usually when this is made with gooseberries and red currants and mm, blackberries, those are such strongly flavored berries that in Scandinavia they make this just with water. But I'd like the idea of adding some fruit juice to it because our berries are not wild and they're not they're not gonna have as intense flavors there. If, if you find salmon berries or bilberries, well step off and get away. But you can make your red girl with uh, that. You can use cherry juice. You can use yeah, basically it's a cup of juice or water and you wanna have unsweetened juice. Okay. A cup of juice and water with six cups of of any mixed berries, and that includes sliced strawberries, blueberries, pitted cherries, gooseberries. Actually, you don't even need to pit the cherries necessarily because you're going to be straining this and the pits will come out. Yeah, because yeah. then, and once we do all that, right, then it's going to come the hard part of this. Dessert. Yeah, we'll get to that. But right now, let's just have this keep simmering for 10 minutes to soften the berries. So Mark is ready to move on. He's going to take those cooked berries and the mixture and strain it from the saucepan. Right, and I'm straining it through a fine mesh sieve. If you use a regular colander, you know the... That's not a sieve. No, but if you use a regular colander, it's all going to go through in the ways that you don't want it to go through. Just to clarify, you know, kitchen utensils, strainers are strainers and colanders are colanders. And a colander is actually not a strainer. So if you have a recipe that or says a sieve, you, yes, the strainer it. is the same thing as a sieve, which is a fine mesh thing, and it catches all bits of stuff and lets a liquid come through. Only. If you're a real fancy person, you have a chinoise at home, which and is a is a conical yep. shaped, very sieve. very fine mesh, which will almost clarify stock for you. Right. It's a it's a crazy thing. It's it's, it's an old throwback term for when I guess the French thought Chinese people wore conical hats. Conical hats. So they called them chinoises. <laughs> they so what if I just used a regular colander? If what that's all you had, then you have to line it with a couple layers of cheesecloth. Can I line it with paper towels? No. Why because not? paper towels will dissolve and melt okay. and they're a mess. You need cheesecloth. And the nice thing about cheesecloth, or you could even use a um, jelly bag, is that you can actually bring the corners together and squeeze a bit to get every last bit out of this, which you can't do if it's in a strainer. I can guarantee you that if you don't have a fine mesh sieve, you're not going to have a jelly bag sitting around the house. Of course, I'm, you probably don't have cheesecloth either. If you're going to the store to buy cheesecloth <laughs> in the supermarket, in the kitchenware aisles where they have the cheesecloth, they have fine mesh strainers hanging right next to them. Okay. Buy yourself one. So I've done that, and now I've got all these berry solids. Well, that sounds disgusting. And you're doing this over a bowl, because we don't want to... He's yeah, not draining I'm, them down the sink. Right, I'm catching <laughs> the juice below, and I've got berry solids, which sounds very disgusting. It sounds like something septic, but I've got all these berry solids in the strainer, and so what do I do about them? You've got a big wooden spoon here, and start stirring them, and smashing them, and pushing them, and rubbing everything through the strainer, so that all you're going to be left with are the seeds, 
and any skins and any tasteless pulp. All the juice and any bits of pulp that could make it through are going to go through into the bowl. And that, this could take some time. Yeah, it's going to take you a few minutes to do. It takes a little bit. And while you're doing that, let's talk about what's going to happen when you're done. You're going to stir in half a cup of sugar, quarter cup of instant tapioca, and a teaspoon of vanilla extract. If you don't know about instant tapioca, it's this product found in all American supermarkets in the baking aisle. I mean, I've never seen a supermarket, even in far north Newport, Vermont, that didn't have instant tapioca. It's what everyone uses in pies and everything yeah. else. In fact, you can't find... No, not everyone. <laughs> Old ladies and you use it in their pies. You can't find real tapioca in most supermarkets, so pearls. But yeah. you can find the instant... Which is pre-steamed and ready to and go. And it's those pearls ground, yeah, it steamed, is. and then ground up. And it is, it's a terrific thickener. And so we're going to let that mixture sit aside just for five minutes to rehydrate the tapioca pearls a bit before we cook them. And we're going to whisk it while it sits yeah. aside, right? Yeah, so that they don't clump up. They stay separate. Okay. And then you're going to bring it back to a bubble over medium heat, whisking until it thickens. And then that's really it. You'll pour it into a bowl. You'll let it cool four hours or up to three days. Well, ah, so it's not going to be ready to eat, right? Not until later. Ugh, those Danes are a patient lot. And now for my favorite part, tasting and judgment. I really don't get this judgment thing. I mean, you're standing right here. We even decided on the recipe for the podcast. Yeah, but it makes you nervous. (laughs) Yeah, but I get stabby when I get nervous. Yeah, fortunately, you don't need a knife for this dessert. No, you don't. So I've dished it up a bit into our dishes. And again, what I like to do is Mm. just pour whipping cream over it. You just pour it right on top. I could just mainline it. And then... Eat it. I, the Danes like it, uh, the way I've seen it traditionally served, is with whipped cream. Yeah. But I just like the cream poured in it. Oh, this stuff. You mm. know, if tapioca pudding was made on Mars, so it was kind of red, <laughs> and that's what this would be. It's sweet, tangy, mm. tart, red, slightly gummy, thick. Oh, it's delicious. And you often eat it with yogurt, right? I really prefer to have it with skier. You know, yeah, that right. Icelandic stuff? Right. It was What's that? Ziggy's. And there's a few brands of it, but right. it's naturally fat-free, the Icelandic skier. Except when you eat it in Iceland, when we had it when we were there, they in Reykjavik, they dump heavy cream on yeah, top. Yeah, they pour cream on it. That's why it's fat-free. But <laughs> anyway, I just love this clarified, thickened fruit dessert with just cream poured on it in a bowl. It, this is a fine summer dessert. The cream makes it delicious and well, it's a make-ahead. You can have it on the deck after a barbecue. It's perfect, even if Bruce can't say it. Regro me flow. Regro me flow. Regro me flow. This recipe for mm, that dessert from Denmark, it's original to this podcast. <laughs> you can find it on our website, bruceandmark.com. <laughs> Regro me flow. <laughs> so to hear us more recipes. <laughs> This one. Catch our podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, every Friday. And to hear us debunk a culinary myth every week, check out the short version of this podcast every Tuesday. So check it out. It's the best thing to come out of Denmark since their TV shows. 